Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. The show where you'll never hear the host refer to a tobacco blend as smells like teen spirit. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. Coming to you from Concord, North Carolina. It is a smoky, steamy night here in the uh, recording studio built here at my office. I am your host, Brian Levine. For another fun-filled Thursday night of pipes, tobaccos, and all the stuff that we love. So, in tonight's show, I'm going to dedicate pipe parts to talking about pipe cleaners. Yeah, haven't really hit on pipe cleaners per se, but we're going to talk about pipe cleaners. And then my guest tonight is Gina Rude. Gina is a young pipe-smoking musician and uh, soon-to-be pipe babe on PipesMagazine.com. Music from Gina. She sent us one of her songs, so we'll play that. Mailbag, rant, all that coming up. All that right here tonight for you on another episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. And I do have some real news for you. Are you ready for this? Real news. Starting on... Tuesday, July 1st, the Pipes Magazine radio show will be moving to Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Yeah, Tuesday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. We're moving off of Thursday on to Tuesday. Go ahead and ask why. Why? Well, it's because my travel schedule is going to be changing. And there's a whole bunch more Thursday, Friday, Saturday events coming up. Uh, you just looking ahead at the fall between the NASPC show in August, the Nashville pipe, uh, pipe show sale and swap in September. There's a show in Chattanooga that I might try to get to. There's just a lot more stuff coming up on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and that takes me away from the home office here in Concord. And I wanted to make sure and get the show as live as possible. So we're moving it to Tuesday, July 1st. And I'll keep warning you about that. Tuesday, July 1st, nothing will change about it. You'll just get it two days sooner. So that's it. All right, everybody, let's get the show going. So sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you to the fine folks at Sutliff Tobacco Company. And here we go. This is Internet Radio. Do you need a reliable source for ordering pipes and tobacco? Do you find it difficult to get your favorite blends outside of the U.S.? Fournoggins.com stocks all of your favorite pipes and tobaccos and ships all over the world. All forms of payment are accepted and orders are processed the same day. There are no worries when ordering from Fournoggins.com. Fournoggins.com is your source for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. We ship in the U.S. and international with no worries. Fournoggins.com for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. The Carolinas and the tobacco tradition have been woven together generation after generation. From the Blue Ridge Mountains to the coastal low country, it's an integral part of our culture and heritage, building our beautiful tapestry. Cornell and Deal is proud to blend our pipe tobaccos in the Carolinas. Our history with tobacco dates back to the mid-1800s, and in that time we've perfected a variety of blends. 
the Carolinas have given us the perfect backdrop to do just that. Whether you're a fan of the rich Virginias, bold Latakias, spicy Periques, or unique aromatics, we've got a tobacco that's just right for your discerning taste buds. At Cornell and Deal, we live all things pipe tobacco, blending it, smoking it, and enjoying the company of those who share our excitement. Tobacco, it's what we do. Stop by CornellAndDeal.com. Welcome back. Hope John Seiler's uh, picked himself up off the floor. Going to have to change your day around there, John, or days a week a little bit. So Tuesday nights it'll be starting July 1st. Um, All right, so I'm not sure if I've really covered this as well as I wanted to in the past. So let's talk about pipe cleaners. I am a big, big, big proponent of using pipe cleaners. I use them during the smoke. I run them up the stem, get the moisture out during the bowl. I'll run a pipe cleaner up there three, four, five times, depends on the pipe. Uh, I may push the pipe cleaner up so far as it, that it'll push the dottle up, and then you got to tamp it back down a little bit. But that style of using a pipe cleaner in between or during the smoke is a style that I adapted from a friend, and it works perfectly for me. Now, here's what I want out of pipe cleaners, and this goes back to last week when you talk about product design. Yes, I did do the design work and uh, helped on helped a lot on putting together the Brigham pipe cleaner. The worst thing you can put in your pipe is a pipe cleaner that, when you put it in, it's going to have little fuzzies fall off and peel off. Those little fuzzies are going to get caught in the tenon mortise area, and that's going to become a big problem over a while. So if you don't, if you're using pipe cleaners that have fuzzies fall off of them easily pull your pipes apart check inside the stem and inside the mortise you'll see a whole bunch of pipe cleaner fuzzies but anyway for the normal everyday use and when i'm smoking i want just a regular good a regular good cotton pipe cleaner that is covered on both ends i really don't want an exposed wire going through my pipe because that might scratch up the interior. All right, for my... uh, And then for my end-of-pipe smoke routine, I use the same type of pipe cleaner. So I do that all the time. An average bowl for me is two or three pipe cleaners. Uh, One or two during the smoke, and then one at the end of it to do the little cleaning, my little daily or every smoke routine cleaning. The only time I use bristle cleaners is when I do my heavy cleanings, and that's about every uh, four months or so where I take my pipes and I go through them and you know, put the bristle cleaner in there and just keep running it through both ends wet with, uh, with alcohol. That's the only time I use a bristle cleaner is when I'm doing that heavy cleaning. That's the only time I think anybody should use a bristle cleaner. The other types of pipe cleaners that are out there, there's tapered pipe cleaners which are thinner on one side thicker on the other and those work fairly well for me for cleaning in the stem especially if there's a nice slotted area in there you go thin first and then it gets wider as you push it through and it pulls and grabs all that stuff Um, I don't like again I don't like using a tapered cleaner for everyday use because I use both ends of the pipe cleaners and all I'm doing is getting the moisture out but tapered pipe cleaners they also work well if you've got a larger draft hole 
because they might navigate easily through a stem, but then when you get to the thicker part, that thicker part helps when you've got larger space to cover. On the larger side, there are fluffy or extra absorbent pipe cleaners. Basically the same kind of pipe cleaner as my regular one, except it's just fluffier. Um, A fluffy pipe cleaner will not work real well at all on a pipe that's got a small draft hole. Uh, Fluffy pipe cleaners, I think some people use them every day because they're very wet smokers and they think that the extra fluffy pipe cleaner will help get in there and get some of the moisture out faster. Um, I do know of one person in particular that is an aromatic smoker and he sticks a fluffy in his pipe at the end of each smoke and lets that pipe cleaner sit in there overnight to help clean it out. That's another style, another idea for use of pipe cleaners. I don't do that. I, I very rarely do I ever buy fluffy pipe cleaners. Uh, occasionally I'll get some, and I just find that they tend to have extra pilling fall off. But if you've got any particular reasons as to why you use tapered cleaners or fluffy cleaners, please post them on the radio show and let me know what you why you use them. I'd love to see your feedback on it. Uh, The last thing for pipe cleaning that every pipe smoker ought to have is uh, wire shank brushes. Little little nylon or wire brushes, and those just work really well for real heavy cleaning instead of using a whole bunch of bristle cleaners. But be careful of bending up the wire. Uh, You don't want to get the wire bent up. The one thing that I will suggest that everybody stay away from when you're talking about pipe cleaners is any of the uh, any of the polyester or rayon pipe cleaners. The the brightly colored ones tend to be all artificial material. They really don't. They're they're really not as absorbent as they should be. My guess is that if they're colored a strange color. That coloring could possibly come off when you put it in a hot pipe that's kind of wet and goopy. I have no proof of this, but I'm just guessing. But at that point, you know, what does it matter? I am the uh, leading expert on my own opinion, and this is my opinion. I don't like using the colored pipe cleaners. I do like giving the colored pipe cleaners to kids and letting them play with those instead of my uh, really good white pipe cleaners. Um... Also, you know, keep an eye out for uh, really for cheaper pipe cleaners. I mean, there's just some out there that are just really bad, and you really don't want to be putting those in your prized pipes. You want to make sure that there's coverage of of cotton all the way up and down the pipe cleaner. Uh, last bit of advice: make sure you got a pipe cleaner that's at least a half inch longer than your pipe, so that you can put it in there all the way, and you still have room to hold the pipe cleaner with your finger. All right, in just a few minutes. A uh, musician, Gina Rude. I'm Mark from Ohio, and I've tried so many tobaccos, but I just still can't find something that is just magical. A tobacco that I can fall in love with. I mean, I've tried reading reviews online and participating in forum discussions only to get burned. When I was about to give up, I discovered this amazing matching system for finding my perfect blend at SutliftTobacco.com. That's how I found my perfect blend, and I just love it. Finding the right tobacco doesn't have to be hard. There are lots of tobaccos waiting for you to fall in love with them. Finding that special tobacco shouldn't be left up to chance. 
Experience the magic of compatibility with our patented Perfect Match system. Try it at SutlifTobacco.com. Go to SutlifTobacco.com right now and find your perfect blend. There's nothing quite like hunting at dawn or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. Hi, this is Kevin Godby, and you're listening to the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. Please welcome to the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. I believe this is a first for us. I'm going to have to check back, but welcome Gina Rude. Gina is a musician, a songwriter, pipe smoker, and soon-to-be pipe babe on the website. But Gina, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me. All right, so I know from your bio that you're 22 years old, but tell everybody, where'd you, where were you born, where were you raised, all that stuff? Well, um, I was born in Corona, California. Um, born and raised here. Haven't moved. Um, I am 22 years old, as you know. I uh, play a little guitar and I smoke a little pipe. Pretty, I'm pretty simple. And when did you start? When did you start with the music? Because obviously I hope the music came before the pipe did. Uh, I started smoking pipes at around eight, eight and a half. And then, <laughs> and then uh, uh, you know, got into the, you know, the alcohol. No, uh, actually, I started uh, playing guitar when I was about 12 years old. I, I really thought it would be cool to be like Avril Lavigne. I was like, I got to get a guitar. And so I, I got my first guitar and just... I didn't really take any lessons or anything. I just sort of started playing around with simple chords. And one day I just was like, I think I got this. And I just started playing. So wait, 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 wait a second. You have not had any professional lessons? I've never had one lesson, no. Okay, I don't like you anymore. We'll we'll, we'll talk to you soon. Um... <laughs> All right. All right. I'll so, talk to you later. So what... Besides Avril, what were your what were your original uh, your original inspirations for, for original inspirations for for like just playing music and stuff? Yeah, what style really hit you? Um, well, my brother was like a huge Bob Bob Dylan fan. He was like he was just obsessed with it, and it's it's pretty much all I would hear all day long. I mean, I, I liked the way Bob Dylan played, and I just sort of I guess it just somehow got you know, influenced by it, but uh, he was definitely one of the first people I, I got inspired by guitar-wise about the way he played was just powerful, you know? Um, you know, of course, the, the whole uh, Michelle Branch and stuff like that, like, I just saw the, you know, your basic 90s bands, Red Hot Chili Peppers, even that, you know, and he, you know, everything was just an influence on me. Now, were your, were your parents kind of musical? Um, my, my mom, she played a little piano. She like took piano for two years. So she, she did that for fun, but, uh, nobody very, uh, nobody super musically inclined or anything like that. But yeah, you sort of my own thing. And you picked up a guitar and you were able to teach yourself. Yes. I prefer to teach my, I feel like, uh, if you take, like for me, if I was to take a lesson and, um, have someone like make me play notes, I feel like it would take the entire joy of music out of out of me. It would take like my you know everything that I am passionate about. It would take all the passion away. 
So I, I feel like it's easier for me to just teach myself. How old were you when you started performing? Um, let's see. I think I was, when I, my first performance, I think I was 20 years old. It was like an art festival, like a little like art walk. And uh so nervous. I didn't know what to do with myself, but uh, somehow I got through it. <laughs> Just you and your guitar. Just me and my guitar. That's it. And you do not sing. You're a you're an instrumentalist. Yeah, I just I've never been that kind of a um, a person to just think of lyrics. Just they never came to me. But uh, I mean, it just it just I'm not a lyricist. Um, I'm I'm a composer. You know, I, I feel like maybe one day if I ever have someone to write my songs for me, it'd be great. But I'm just gonna stick with what I'm good at for now. And then you went on and picked up the banjo as well. Yeah. I mean, as soon as I, I heard Mumford and Sons and I saw that banjo, I was like, I have to have a banjo. And uh, I started playing that too. So, you know, I just like to play a little, smoke a little, smoke my pipe, you know, and play a little banjo, just get the real hillbilly vibe, you know? A hillbilly from Southern California. <laughs> the first ever. Um, yeah, right after they moved out of Beverly Hills. Uh <laughs> When did the pipe smoking begin? Um, let's see. Well, my brother, he was a cigar smoker, and he, he got this uh, pipe for his, his birthday, and I was just like, I was so jealous of it. I wanted it, so I just like, I was like, can we go over, and I, maybe I could smoke a pipe or something. That would be really cool. So the, the, my next birthday, I begged him. I was like, please, you got to give me a pipe for my birthday. That's all I want. And so he let me, he took me to the pipe store and he let me pick out whatever pipe I wanted. And I picked out a Nording. And I was just, it was like the one, it just looked like, kind of looked handcrafted and just looked rustic. And it was just like the best thing. I've had it ever since. It's all I smoke. So here's Gina, the teenage hillbilly in <laughs> Southern California that likes folk music and right. likes large freehand pipes. Exactly, exactly. So I'm pretty much sure. Do you have two arms and two legs? I have. I I do. I'm checking them. I. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. All right. Do you? What kind of tobacco did you start out with? Um, I'm trying to remember. I, I got. I think I got something that was like very cherry or something like stupid like that. Um, I want. I, I it sounds like candy. You know, as a, as a small child. I, I, that's what I wanted. Um, so that's what I got. Uh, it was it was pretty good. When I first started smoking it, I was like, I don't, I, I couldn't like seem to figure out how to put the pipe in, tobacco in, and just everything was just wrong. It's like I don't think I'm doing it right. What, what am I doing wrong? It took me a long time to figure out how to how to properly smoke a pipe. Did you have anybody besides your brother helping you? No, no. So. I had I had Google. Google's always been good to me, so they showed me. Have you had? Have, do you go into the pipe shop now and pick out your own pipes and buy your own tobaccos? Oh yeah, yeah. I go in there and they they give me the weirdest look, like, <laughs> what are you doing? And I pick out, you know, okay, do you have any of that? Uh, the Amaretto uh, pipe tobacco? They just like, are you? Is this for your boyfriend? I'm like, no, no. I, I like to smoke pipes, and they're like. I've never seen that in my whole life. <laughs> Go out, get used to it. Coming back tomorrow. <laughs> have you 
So, so I take it you you've set some people back when when you walk in. Um, <laughs> have you had any anybody look at you while you're out smoking that has wondered what you're doing? Any strange comments? Oh, oh yeah, yes. Oh, uh, if, if if I take my pipe outside at a public place, I get people coming up to me all the time. Usually, um, they'll tell me stories about their granddad and their pipe <laughs> and how they how like how they they've been smoking for a certain amount of years and probably I shouldn't do it for that long because they, you know, blah, blah. I'm like, but, uh, it's great. It is great. Uh, I love the, I love to, to like kind of shock people with, with take out this feel like Annie Oakley or something with my pipe. It's kind of fun. Do you have more than one pipe now? I do. I have I have several. Um, when I, just want to like if I if I don't have my pipe on me and I want to go get one I'll just go and get a corn cob because it's like like one of the greatest like, like cheapest smoking pipes that you can get so that's like one of my go-to pipes is just a corn cob just a simple corn cob pipe a corn cob pipe and a banjo and away you go <laughs> away I go uh, I've also noted I've noticed from looking at your looking around your Facebook page and your own website that you kind of, you also like an older, an older style of clothing a little more, um, I don't know what to call it, except maybe folksy look. Yeah, definitely a folky style, um, type of clothing, like vintage, I guess it would be considered. (laughs) I I mean, I feel like I, I always tell people that I feel like I was born in the wrong era. And I, I was like, I don't think I'm supposed to be born at this time. I'm supposed to be born back in the day. I, I feel like I'm born in the wrong era. Some people were born decades late. You may have been born a century or two late. <laughs> it's possible. Uh, I just, yeah, I, I know what you mean. So with the with the music, are you out performing on a regular basis? What's the yeah, goal? Yeah, um, I try to perform on a weekly basis. Um, try to play live as much as I can because it just like makes me it's what makes me happy it's the only thing that really really makes me happy other than pipe snorting um but uh I I I do perform uh at pubs and smaller venues I play a a little bit in Los Angeles and I'm playing a Joshua Tree Festival coming up here soon also so it it keeps you busy do you um do you have a full? Do you have a regular job where you like get money for stuff? Because I know playing these things don't uh, don't pay a lot. I don't actually. I, I try to make my money on just playing music, but uh, luckily I uh, have some supportive parents who uh, kind of believe in my dream and they're kind of trying to help me along here. And and they must be really nice too. They're very nice. Uh, <laughs> So do you smoke inside and outside? Actually, yeah, I do sometimes. Uh, I was smoking inside today, but, you know, my family actually doesn't mind it because they love the smell of pipe smoke for some reason. Just like there's something about pipe smoke that they don't really mind. If it was a cigarette, of course, it would be like a problem, but it's just it's just not really uh, offensive. Hey, well, let me ask you this. When you go into the smoke shop, have any of the guys in the smoke shop tried to get you to try like an English blend or something that might... Yeah, that the, they might try to sneak at you to knock you out. No, I never. No, it, it was uh, that has never happened to me. When I do go to the smoke shop, because um, I don't, have, there's no, I've never been to it like an actual pipe shop. I've been to mostly the smoke shops. 
And people tend to have a small selection of pipes, and they don't know a lot about pipes. And most, most of the people that work there have no idea about pipes. So I just sort of do my own thing. <laughs> so you know more about what you're buying than they know about what they're selling. I, I think so. They're, they kind of like, I go over to the pipe section and they, they kind of just like look at me like they, they don't ask if I have, want any help because of course they're, they're not going to be able to help me with it. <laughs> uh, had you been born about 20 years earlier, there was a great smoke shop out in, uh, out in San Bernardino called Poor Richards that uh, you would have absolutely loved. It was, it was a lady that owned it. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And she had a great selection of pipes and tobaccos. and But uh, times have changed. Yeah, it, definitely. I mean, I'm trying to trying to get people, like, I have my friend uh, who, who like, kind of likes pipes, and I bought her one, so now we kind of smoke together. Trying to, trying to bring it all back. Trying to bring the folk uh, lifestyle and the country lifestyle back a little bit. In, in the middle of Southern California. Exactly. Which I, I still think is funny. Um, we're going to take a break <laughs> right here. When we come back, we'll talk more music and more pipes. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. Italians have always been known for their aesthetic passion. It's their birthright, their legacy. And just like Savinelli, it continues to grow and evolve. It is ever-changing. Milan, 1876. Achilles Savinelli set out to change the way the world viewed smoking pipes, opening one of the world's first specialist tobacco shops. From one small storefront to a factory that delivered handmade pipes all over the world, the legacy he forged became one filled with success and prestige. Achilles' dream is carried on today by his family, who continues the Savinelli legacy. Each year, Savinelli debuts a series of new, forward-thinking designs comprised of quality-crafted pipes shaped from some of the best briar in the world. Behind every beautiful object, there's a story. Start your own chapter. Visit your local tobacconist or premium online dealer today. Cup of Joe's, a name you know, a name that you trust for all your tobacco needs. Exclusive pipes, pipe tobacco, accessories, pipe stands, and so much more. Cup of Joe's is the one place you can go and take care of every single one of your tobacco purchases. Fast shipping, friendly, professional service. One site, cupofjoes.com. And coming soon, their new line of smoking man pipes, cupofjoes.com. Quality products and extraordinary prices. This is Internet Radio. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show visiting with Gina Rude. Uh, Gina, tell me, what, what exactly attracts you to a pipe that you buy? Um, I guess the, I guess the, like, the style of the pipe would, would have a lot to do with it. Also, if it's, like, the bowl is smaller, I kind of tend to, to not really mess with those. Ones that can hold a lot of uh, tobacco is the best for me, because I don't really like to keep, like, scooping, like, all the stuff out. Um, so I just, I sort of stick with that and ones that look more simple are probably my favorite. So we know you have a Nording freehand. Do you also have a, do you have smooth traditional shape pipes too? I do have a smooth, uh, I just bought a new, uh, smooth one. I, I forgot the name of it, but, uh, it, it's, it's pretty good. It's not, as, it's not a Nording, but uh, it, it's pretty good. Not, not quite as earthy looking as the Nording, huh? Right, right. I like the earthy look. Um, 
with your music because it because you are composing your own what do you what do you start with when you're when you're working on a new song is it just an is it a thought or an idea or and you just kind of um, go with it I guess it's it's more of me just playing around with with sounds on the guitar um you know, I, I make a chord and, and, like, match it with another chord. Hey, that sounds good together. And it sort of, it sort of flows, I guess. Um, the more music I listen to and the more uh, styles I listen to, it seems like the better I get at when I play. So it has a lot to do with what I listen to. But it comes out in, in kind of my style. Where do you see yourself musically in the next five years? Oh, wow. Um, in the next five years. Hopefully, uh, be known as uh, maybe hopefully one of the top guitarists, um, female guitarists uh, of you know of the time of this time, you know. And does does smoking a pipe help you when you're when you're working on a new song? It actually really does. It's like something calming about it. Just like it just it kind of gets you in in a, like a in a mood, I guess. Kind of like you, you, uh, you have a beer and a pipe, and and you have a guitar, and it's kind of you're already set up for for making some good music. All right, now I'm going to ask the question that every young listener is asking, that wants me to ask right now. You smoke a pipe, you drink beer, you play a guitar, you're fairly relaxed, and and uh, you're just just from the few minutes we've been on the phone, you're witty. Uh, <laughs> Is there a significant other in your life? Uh, no, there is not. Not this time. Just my guitars. And the contact to contact Gina, her website is www.ginarode.com. Or you can also find her on Facebook. Yes. So stand by for a flood of uh, contacts, but... I wanted to put that out there. Um, I always, uh, in the past, I've had a couple of young folks on, and I've asked them, I've offered them the chance to turn the tables and ask me some questions on pipe smoking and maybe some tips or some advice. Uh, do you have any questions? I do have a couple questions. Um, I was going to ask you, what, in your opinion, do you think is the best type of uh, tobacco? Uh, it's a very simple question. It's the one you enjoy the most. So you don't have a, do you have a favorite? Yep, I do. Let, let's hear it. And I enjoy it the most, but the trick is is not for me to tell you what I like because our tastes are completely different. It's, That's true. It's for you to keep trying and finding in whatever you enjoy the most is okay. your favorite. All right, gotcha. I know that's a political non-answer answer, but that's my answer. Are you running for candidate of the Republican or Democrat? No, I am the dictator-in-chief of my own little world. Oh, got it. Until I get got home, it. then I get my uh, then I get my dictatorship taken away. <laughs> All right, gotcha. So, do you have any like? Um, what is your favorite pipe? Can you can you tell me that? Um, yeah, my basic favorite is a straight Lovat, which is just a long shank with a short saddle bit stem. 
Okay. Um, I find that for me personally, um, the the Levat in a medium size is just a good balanced pipe because I tend to work with a pipe all day in my mouth or where you know wherever I am I have it. Um, and it's also for me it's a good way to test if I'm going to like either that brand or that pipe maker because that's kind of my uh, that that's kind of my my uh, grading scale is if they can make a Lavat then I'll like the other things that they do as well. Okay. Uh, if that makes sense. Kind of stick kind of stick with what you know and you kind of like you know I feel you. Yeah, and then I'll branch out from there if I like what if I like what that brand is doing or what that pipe maker has done in in that style. I'll branch out into other shapes and go into bents and you know different sizes from them and and just see if it you know see if it translates with that. Oh, okay. Uh, do you smoke more than just one, just your amaretto tobacco? Um, no, I usually you know I'll go with the uh, the the ones that they have in the smoke shop. I, I think it's called a uh, Captain Black. Is yep. that what it's called? Yep. Okay, yeah, I, I, um, I'll switch off from, you know, the gold, the white, or the black. I'll just kind of, like, or if they do have, like, any kind of flavored um, buttered rum or something like that, and uh, I'll probably go with that. You know, anything that's flavored or not nothing too dark. I kind of like to keep it kind of light when I smoke. What's the, what has the dark tobacco done to you that you stay away from it? Um, sometimes it can, like, give me a headache if I smoke, like, because I like to, like, smoke for a, a while. So if I do smoke a lot, it could, like, you know, leave me a little foggy or whatever. So I just like to keep something light that I can just smoke, you know, as much as I want to. See, and that's interesting to me how the different styles of pipe tobaccos affect different people. Yeah, it's true. It can um, usually a black tobacco is going to be milder because it's been steamed black and sweated black, but it's probably from the the high sugar content in it that's getting you a little goofy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you have any other questions for me? Uh, when did you start smoking uh, your pipe? Bought my first pipe when I was 19 yeah. years old. Oh, awesome. Pretty I, close to when I was starting to smoke I took a break from it and didn't come back until about seven, eight years later because back when I started, we didn't have Google or the internet or home computers. Yeah. Um, and I almost burned my face off on that first pipe full. <laughs> <laughs> and you took you took a break from that for a while. Is that what you said? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't pick up a pipe again for about uh, eight years, and then I had a. Then I had a, a friend that I was working for show me how to pack and smoke a pipe, and it started from there again. So those eight years were probably a really dark time in your life. Are you, you know, really, really sad about it? No, I found cigars and other stuff to keep me busy. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't too dark. Well, there were some okay. dark times, but <laughs> uh, I can't remember them. <laughs> All right, so you sent me a piece of music, and I've heard a couple of your pieces, but tell us what you 
tell us what you sent me. Tell us what we're going to hear. And uh, Is it Moving Mountains, by the way? Did I send you the, that link? Uh, yeah. Okay. So uh, the, the song I sent you is the first on my album. It's also the name of the album. It's called Moving Mountains. What's the uh, What was the inspiration for Moving Mountains? Um, I guess it was uh, when I started first writing and realizing that um, writing music was what I wanted to do. And it was one of the songs I wrote when I was really starting to kind of become my own artist and kind of like was like the first song that I knew that uh, it was going to be something that I was going to do for the rest of my life. So it's kind of like helped me get through like all of these shows. It's that one song that I always go to and I know it's going to be good. So it's, it's kind of a folky, um, very finger style type guitar uh, song. And is it all you on there? Is there any? any... There's no mixing on any of my music. It's all uh, just me, uh, just me playing one guitar. There's no uh, double tracks or anything like that. Wow. All right, and then the most exciting thing that we've got coming up is you are going. You've done some photographs already that have been sent to Kevin for. A uh, for a pipe babe shoot. Yes. What was what was that like? What are we gonna see? Because I haven't seen anything yet. Uh, well, let's see. Uh, well, since I live in California, I figure I should make it like you know, I, I live in like the middle of everything. So I live by an area that looks like a desert. I live in an area that looks kind of like a forest, and uh, an area that kind of. It looks a little bit like the country, so I figure I use those uh, to to make a really awesome photo shoot. Like, um, so I did one in in the fields uh, with my pipe, with my uh, with my Nording. I did one in like a deserty type photo shoot um, with my corn cob, and uh, I just sort of you know have a, a great time just smoking all day. <laughs> And have you ever, uh, have you considered a career in modeling at all? Uh, yeah, I do. I do a little modeling um, for some, some like vintage websites and stuff like that. Nothing to, I'm not the, I'm not the modeling type. I'm, I, I don't have the personality to be a model. I feel like you have to have a lot of, I don't know, self-confidence. And I feel like I'm just too spazzy to be a model. <laughs> uh, I feel like I would just, I just make a fool of myself. When I model, so that's why I kind of, I kind of, you know, stick with small little things that that I like to do. But uh, I do a little bit of modeling, just for fun. And I just noticed on your gallery on your website that it looks like a couple of the pictures are up there. Plus, there's a picture of you with what looks like a twelve-string guitar. Yes, there. Uh, I do play some twelve-string. Uh, it's on my album as well. Uh, I just, I love playing that thing it's just so fun yeah okay i I really don't like you anymore (laughs) well you know i'm sorry yeah Yeah, too bad Uh, (laughs) let's let's wrap this up with the fast five final questions five questions no right answer no wrong answer just whatever you want to answer you ready Oh, no. Yeah, I think so. All right. What's your favorite pipe? Minority. And what's your favorite tobacco? Uh, Amaretto. 
And what is your favorite drink? That would have to be an old-fashioned. I figured. Either <laughs> either that or a sarsaparilla. Uh, that, you know, I haven't had one of those. You're going to have to. Well, we may have to send you one. Uh, All right. When it's time to relax, is it a book, a movie, or some music? Well, I think it's going to have to be a movie. An action movie, probably. A good eye candy movie? A good, yeah, action, any sort of, like, Marvel Comics movie or X-Men or something like that. Just just really mind-numbing action is what I like. Oh, thank God. That's the first modern thing you've said. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wow. Oh, man. And last but not least, do you have a particularly favorite pipe-smoking memory? Ooh, that's that I do actually. I traveled up to uh, Northern California to uh, to see these uh, beautiful, like the Pacific Coast Highway, and just these beautiful cliffs and beaches. Yeah. And I, I climbed past the "Do Not Trespass" signs, and with my friends, and we went down on the cliff, and we smoked our pipes on this cliff uh, above the ocean, and it was like the most beautiful. Thing I've ever done or seen in my life. And you made it, it back past the sign. I made it back. I climbed my way back. Yay. I was on top of the world. <laughs> All right. Once again, Gina's website is www.ginarude.com. Or you can follow her on Facebook. Uh, you keep your appearances updated on your website, too? Yes, I do. So if you want to find out where she's going to be playing in Southern California or around the world soon, you can go there and watch PipesMagazine.com for the upcoming Pipe Babe shoot, which I don't know when Kevin will release that, and he won't tell me. <laughs> I tried to get it out of him, but he won't tell me. It's a, it's a secret. Yeah, it's top secret. And maybe, maybe I can convince you and your friends to come to the West Coast Pipe Show in Las Vegas in November. Where you can meet. I would, you know, I would, I would definitely love to do that. You can meet a whole bunch of pipe smokers and uh, hang out, and you won't have people look at you funny for smoking a pipe. All right, that sounds great. Gina, thanks for joining me. Thank you for uh, sending me some music, and we'll enjoy that shortly. Thank you, thank you for having me. It's been so much fun. We'll be back in just a minute. The year was 1849. Zachary Taylor was sworn in as the 12th President of the United States. The U.S. flag remained fixed at 30 stars. Edgar Allan Poe was found dead in Baltimore. Congressman Abraham Lincoln patented a buoying device, the only patent ever filed by a future president. William Bond was the first person to photograph the moon through a telescope. And gold was discovered in far-off California. And in that same year, also in California, Henry Sutliff founded his small tobacco company in San Francisco. Founded on the principles of giving the public superior tobacco products for those with very discriminating tastes. Now, 165 years later, that tradition continues. Sutliff Tobacco Company has been setting the standard for pipe tobacco ever since. Take a quiz on our website to have the perfect blend suggestion for your tastes. 
or just browse around to explore all of the wide variety of fine products America's oldest pipe tobacco company has to offer. Lots of things have changed since 1849, but Sutliff Tobacco Company's commitment to making the finest pipe tobacco on earth has not. Visit sutliff-tobacco.com for information on where you can find all of your favorite blends, from the sweetest aromatics to the richest English mixtures. There's nothing quite like fishing at dawn or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. So Kevin just informed me that Gina's Pipe Babe photos will be up next week, Monday, Tuesday. Next week, you'll be able to see all the uh, photos of Gina smoking her pipe on pipesmagazine.com. All right, uh, this piece of music that Gina talked about, I also want you to keep in mind that Gina told me before the interview that she is left-handed but plays right-handed. This is all one guitar, so here we go with a little Gina Rude.
Well, what do y'all think, huh? Not bad. Yeah, don't give don't give her any lessons whatsoever. Doesn't need anybody screwing around with that. And the other thing I enjoy about having people like Gene on the show is that yeah, some people talk about a pipe culture. We are a group of unique individuals, and that's probably the best way to des- describe Gina. She's a unique individual. Mm, message from the dark side there is. We played Yoda there because it ties into the rant coming up at the end, but in the meantime, in the mailbag... Uh, Roger Goyer says on Facebook, Hey, I'd just like to say thanks for doing the Pipe Podcast. Look forward to every episode. Keep up the great work. Cheers. Thank you, Roger. And Jason Brown writes, uh, Thanks for the ad, Brian. Listen to the podcast every week. Thank you. Appreciate that very much. And on PipesMagazine.com. John Seiler writes, Hi, Brian, you sound like a person who enjoys his job too much. Yeah, most days. Um, Ernie Markle is a pipe maker with whom I'm not familiar. I will have to check out his pipes. The Lovat on his webpage is very nice, and we all know I'm kind of partial to the Lovats. Uh, Segovia was a pipe smoker in addition to a great guitarist. Sorry, I can't get into the hashtags, pound signs, tic-tac-toe board, tic-tac-toe board, tic-tac-toe board. Nice show, Brian. Uh, and you, they and you keep getting better. Thank you, John. Hopefully you'll be able to adjust to the Tuesday thing. Uh, Dino wrote, Brian, once again, a wonderfully eclectic show. It's great to hear the stories of relatively young artisans such as Ernie and why they decided to devote a major part of their work doing something so arcane as pipe making. I'm so pleased you enjoyed the CDs with reference to your home problems. It's time to rewatch Mr. Blanding's Builds His Dream House. Happy trails, Dino. Yeah, I wish I had a good TV to watch stuff on right now. Uh, anyway, JFox520 says, Brian, another great show. Here's a link to the Wikipedia definition for hashtag... Not only that, uh, Kevin Godby called me after last week's show and explained to me what hashtags are really for. Uh, Mr. Jerky wrote, Brian, I booked my room for KC and was on the fence if I could make it until I learned you would be there. I looked forward to meeting you and hope to enjoy a bowl of well-aged Escudo together. I appreciate all you've contributed to the pipe community. P.S. I'll bring the Escudo. Uh, I am really looking forward to the Escudo, and it'll be great to see you. So, once again, Kansas City Pipe Show, uh, coming up on the 20th, 21st, 22nd. And uh, speaking of Kansas City, Casey Ghost Dan writes, Another fine show. The interviews with the young carvers do seem very similar, and they tend to run together in my mind. They do have a common thread in that these guys are rather passionate about pipe making. Uh, Dan says, 10-4 on the rant, but sadly we have to admit that agreeing with the rant assigns us to the dinosaur class in today's society. Just like those golf commercials where the older player is berating the younger for using modern equipment. If you come to KC on Thursday, be sure to drop by our regular monthly club meeting. In addition to the membership, there will be a number of well-known people in the industry there. Yeah, I forgot to mention, if you get to Kansas City on Thursday night, their uh, monthly meeting is at Cigar and Tobacco in Overland, Kansas. Uh, Fuel Pump, Brian writes, Enjoyed the show. Glad that Ernie is following his dreams. I love to hear about people that make the jump from a passion to a career. Someone else that 
did that was Scott Adams. Now everyone knows Dilbert. Well, you've done that too. Good luck to you all, and I hope to follow the lead. Brian. And our friend Bob Bittner writes, Brian, yes, hashtags, pound signs are used to make certain phrases, topics much more easily searched on Twitter. Facebook has started using them just in the last year, I believe, to create a kind of Twitter crossover experience since so many people automatically have their posts go straight to both Facebook and Twitter. What's the use of having both of them then? Um, anyone can create a hashtag, but if you're the only one using it, then it's not going to create any cross-pollination across Twitter, and because they're specifically designed for Twitter, where every tweet is limited to 140 characters, you wouldn't want a hashtag, I am the leading expert on my own opinion, because that would seriously cut into your character limit. (laughs) Bob, I have very little character, so, uh, anyway, um... Many corporations have automatic searches set up so that any tweets that include a hashtag of their corporate name will be found and read. That's how a lot of folks are getting customer service issues handled these days. I was wondering how people were handling that. I didn't know anyone was handling it, really. Um, That refers to home repair stuff. Anyway, uh, they tweet about a problem, include the corporate name as a hashtag, and they know that the tweet is going to be seen by the company, and often they get responded to faster than any other contact method because it's very easy for news, both bad and good, to spread across Twitter within minutes. To bring this back to our hobby, say you tried a new McBaron blend and wanted to praise it on Twitter or Facebook, you might post love the new blah, 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 and that way... Anyone who's wanting to follow tweets about McBaron and or Three Nuns will have your post up there. Yeah, okay, I get it. I don't just don't like it. But anyway, I'll get into that further down somewhere down the road, maybe. Anyway, thanks for the uh, thanks for the explanation, Bob. You actually explained it better than Kevin did, but don't tell Kevin. Um, Riff Raff writes, what an, intri- what an intriguing show. It is great to hear about the product development of pipes. Having been in the manufacturing industry previously, it is always interesting to, ha- to hear how other companies develop new products. It, mil- it, really, it must really suck for you, Brian, being forced to smoke new pipes and then having your opinions ripped out of you. No, I, um, I, I erupt with opinion freely. and so, In fact, sometimes I erupt with opinion too freely, and it's gotten me into too much trouble or hot lava. Uh, Anyway, Bill goes on to write, then to see all of that information used to develop new products based on your opinions. Sheesh, it's like your opinions really matter or something, you poor bastard. Got that right, too. Um, Anyway, uh, Bill says it was a great interview with Ernie Markle to hear how craftsmen hone their hobby and passion to a level that they can actually support them is inspiring. I wish Ernie all the success in the world. He makes beautiful pipes, and as he continues, they'll only get better. Andre Segovia was truly a master of his art and craft. He would make six strings sound like an orchestra. Superb choice in music. Another great show, gentlemen. That is probably the best way I've heard Segovia described. He could make six strings sound like an orchestra. Superb choice in music. Anyway, want to find out what's going on with me more? Follow me on Facebook. Search me, Brian Levine. 
Make sure and like the Pipes Magazine radio show on Facebook. And in addition to that, Facebook has the PipesMagazine.com group, which I guess is another group of people, and I guess I'm included in it. So, um, yeah, you can go on there and do that. If you've got some, uh, want some really good reading, check out the front page of PipesMagazine.com. There's a relatively new Ask GLPs. If you haven't caught up on all the Chicago show stuff, the last and final articles about the Chicago Pipe Show were posted recently. And of course, coming up Monday, Tuesday sometime, Gina Rood's uh, Pipe Babe shoot will be up there. Plus... A really funny article written by E. Roberts, who was on the show last summer. Top nine and a half ways to use your pipe. Check that out. You'll uh, you'll get a good laugh or two out of that. Uh, last thing you can do for us, if you haven't had a chance already, is please give us a rating or review on iTunes or any of the podcast servers that you use. Those are greatly appreciated. And remember, next... Uh, on July 1st, we'll be switching till Tuesday night. So, all right, everybody, rant time coming up next. This is Internet Radio. Meet Josh. Everyone at smokingpipes.com holds customers as a high priority, but nobody interacts with them more personally than Josh. He's our professor of pipes, if you will. As a previous professor of history, educating the customer comes easily to him. He loves explaining the history of a particular pipe to a customer or coaching his customer service team. I love to help customers find that perfect piece for their collection. It's my job to make sure there's a smile on the other end of the line, and I'm more than happy to be the one to put it there. And although Josh's job can sometimes be quite demanding, he doesn't mind. He loves his job at SmokingPipes.com. Why? Because I don't just sell pipes. I smoke them. Call us at one 366 0345. That's 1 888 366 0345. Or check us out online at smokingpipes.com. We are quality. We are experts. We are smokingpipes.com. I'm not just a pipe smoker, I'm a Meersham pipe smoker. All of my pipes come from MeershamStore.com. They've been in business for 50 years, and I can trust that there will be no hassles. Orders are processed and shipped fast, and they have every shape you can imagine, including calabash, claws, dragons, horror, even a sexy series. MeershamStore.com, the most trusted Meersham store for 50 years. Cowboy. Cowboy. Tonight's rant is brought to you by three letters. They are DVD. So I played the Yoda clip because I've been watching Star Wars at night. Yeah, get home, long day, you know, everything's not settled at home, but unwind. I've been working my way through all six existing Star Wars movies, and yes, I'm excited for Star Wars 7. I don't care what anybody says, I'm looking forward to it. But... The DVD, and there's several different companies that do this, and my uh, beloved Disney is one of the favorites that does it. Uh, the DVD companies 
when all I want to do is I want to put the DVD in and push play, but now you're forced to, you can't fast forward or click through the FBI warning, you can't fast forward or click through all these fancy dissolves that they have. And in particular with the Star Wars movies, yeah, all I want to do is I want to go to the scene selection, pick the next scene that I want to watch and move myself forward in it. No, you got to have this seven second animated fancy transfer of scenes before the next thing pops up. You know what? I want to watch a DVD. I don't want to watch any fancy dissolves or any scene changes. All I want to do is push a button and get there. Push a button and get there. Push a button and get there. Stop with all these fancy dissolve things. And for those of us that don't know that it's illegal to copy DVDs and stuff like that, well, you know what? You don't let us be able to fast forward through that. Put it on the screen. Let us be able to scan through it. Whatever. Let's get on with it. And for God's sake, Disney, would you stop with the mandatory watching of trailers at the beginning of each one of their movies? Most of their movies that, that I've watched lately, they've got these painfully long trailers that you've got to figure out how to find the DVD main menu button and get past them all. Stop forcing that on all of us. You know, back in the old days, back when I was young, we had VCRs, and all you did when you saw something that you didn't want to watch, you hit fast forward, and you watched it go by pretty quick, and then you got to where you wanted to be. That's all I want out of a DVD. All right, there's the rant. Hey, please make sure to leave us uh, ratings or reviews on iTunes. We certainly appreciate that. Post all your comments on the forums. I do read them all, and hopefully I'll get a chance to respond to them all. The other thing I'd like for you guys to do, if possible, if you're on Facebook or uh, on the forums, post a picture of you smoking your pipe on vacation this summer. Tell us where you went, what pipe you took with you. Love to see pictures of us guys out uh, traveling around, and girls traveling around on vacation this summer. Take a picture, take a pipe selfie of yourself, and uh, put it on the Pipes Magazine radio show Facebook page. Put it on the forums. I'll uh, make sure and mention where everybody's been, and if you get something funny in the picture, I'll even laugh at you, and I'll laugh at me. So there you go. All right, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Hey, a couple of really big guests coming up. Uh scheduled fred Hanna again and mike butera those guys are all scheduled plus more and again a brand new show every week so if you haven't gotten caught up please feel free they're all sitting there waiting for you to get caught up and summertime's a nice time to do it all right thank you again for tuning in thank you to the sutliff tobacco company and until next time Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. The part of Kevin Godby on tonight's show is performed by the stunt double for Bill Nye the Science Guy.